today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. regards to temptation, it tells us in Proverbs 5, verse, verse 3, for the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. Again, it's just personified in a feminine way, but this can be a masculine way too. In other words, temptation comes as a sweet talker and a smooth talker. Don't give in to it. It is often inviting and enticing. Temptation itself, not a sin, but guard your hearts against giving into it. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Proverbs. Temptation will pursue us all. It in itself is not a sin, but giving into it is. Pastor Gary warns us of the temptations which will come our way. We will all inevitably find temptation crossing our paths, and it is then our responsibility to not give in. This is best done with the help of God. By knowing His law and Scripture, we can be prepared to push aside all things that go against it. If you have struggled with temptation, dive deeper into God's Word, memorize verses, and pray regularly so that when the temptation arrives, you will naturally lean on Him. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Proverbs, chapter 7 with part two of his message, Sexuality in Proverbs. When there was the physical consummation of a marriage and the woman was a virgin, the act of penetration would sometimes cause a little bit of bleeding. There's a provision in Deuteronomy chapter 22, you don't need to turn there, but it's provision that God gave so that the woman should never be falsely accused of losing her virginity before marriage. And here's how it would work. If the husband, after his wedding night, were to make the accusation that his wife was not a virgin, the parents of the bride would gather up the bed linens, which would typically in the day have some spotting of blood, a little bit, as evidence, Deuteronomy 22 says, they would present the bedsheets to the elders of the city as evidence of her virginity, the token of her virginity. The blood was actually a sign of the covenant, and at the same time, it expressed her innocence. And then Deuteronomy 22 says, if then they presented the evidence of her virginity with the bedsheets, then the husband who made the false accusations was, he was punished, and he had, he was required to marry her and never divorce her. It was a way of protecting her from being shamed or disgraced or worse, killed. So it is a covenant before God. Now, in case you don't know, we need to also state, we're under new covenant now. Jesus dies on a cross, dies for our sins. We are no longer stoned to death for sexual sin, okay? That said, what the Old Testament reveals to us, even though now the same punishment is not in effect, because the punishment intended for us was put on Christ on the cross, right? So he paid the price in full for our sin. That's why we can come to him, be forgiven, and not have to suffer the same punishment or sin. It was in the Old Testament to communicate to us in a variety of subjects, but in this particular topic, God's view 
of something. And his view of sex is that it is a sacred gift that must be cherished. That it is a sacred gift to be cherished and to be enjoyed in the context of marriage between a man and a woman. And so, if we are to get the biblical view on this, the right view, what is God's view on on sexual expression, we, we need to be able to yield our hearts to what is God's perspective on this matter. And God's perspective on matter, when you basically look at the sum total of Scripture here, and using this as kind of the launching pad for, for the rest of our study, is this, faithfulness in marriage, abstinence in singleness. This is the Bible's view on sexual expression. If you're married, to be faithful. If you're single, to abstain. Until such time that God might bring along that person that you should marry, and then you can enjoy it as a gift from God. Now, I know some of you are like, you're like, like, what? And some people just don't know this. And so, you know, there's a lot of people out of ignorance who don't understand God's intention and God's best and God's plan and purpose for your lives. And on this topic, there's some people who don't understand. So I'm just trying to communicate this clearly. Although I know this causes some people to really be grieved. Like, seriously? I can't sleep with my girlfriend or my boyfriend anymore? Let me tell you something. Let me address the millennials in the crowd for just a moment. Those of you 18 to 30-ish. This is a hard pill for you to swallow. And the reason is because millennials, according to statistics, don't view moral issues the same way that their generation before them did or two generations before. According to recent statistics, this is Barna Research. Millennials, the ages 18 to 30, like 32-ish. Millennials actually believe that it is more immoral to not recycle than to watch porn. 32% of millennials said it is always wrong to watch porn. 32%. Only 32% of millennials said it is always wrong to watch porn. 56% said it is always wrong to not recycle. So we got our work cut out for us, friends. And also, I want to just say to those of you who are single, because you look at this and you go, well, faithfulness in marriage, abstinence, yeah, okay, well, that, that's easy for you married couples, you know, because you, li- you don't mind the standard because you get to have sex whenever you want. <laughs> what, what universe do you live on? See, you're not married, that's why you think that. What? Yeah, and the Easter Bunny's real too. <laughs> what are you talking about? So, so this is where we need to understand. This is not about married or single. This is about holy or unholy. Because if you're married, you see, you need to do what pleases God in being faithful in the marriage. And if you're single, you, nude, you need to do, you nude, you need to do <laughs> what pleases God in abstinence. This is about holiness. This is a choice of I want to please God and honor God or I don't. Okay, and again, if you say, well, I don't, I don't, I think the Bible's a bunch of antiquated rules and I don't believe this and I'm just going to go ahead and sleep with my boyfriend or my girlfriend anyway or I'm going to go ahead and fool around with my wife or my husband, I don't really care, the Bible's just, it's old-fashioned, it's out of date. How's it going for the rest of the world? I mean, how's it going on this topic? There's so many people are so messed up in this subject and, and the way that there is this, you know, not just confusion, but a a lack of proper boundaries and respect. And we're seeing some of it right now in in, in the media coming out to to expose some of of this confusion and and some of this misbehavior. So it's time that 
that we really press into the Lord and say, Lord, what, what do you say about this topic and how can my life be blessed in this area and how can I honor you? Because when we live our lives to honor him, it goes far better for us. It just always does. It goes far better for us. So this is about holiness. And this is about whether you're married or single. This is about often in this subject area, self-denial and dying to self, which is part of the Christian life. Sometimes we don't like to talk about that aspect of the Christian life, but part of the Christian life is dying to self and denying self in areas where it displeases God. Jesus says this in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's a little bit of dying to self in order to please God by walking in a way that would be holy and honorable before him, whether you're single or whether you are married. We need the wisdom of God. Married people have to be holy in their faithfulness. Single people have to be holy in their abstinence. So I'm going to go through very, very quickly now, because that was a a lengthy introduction, but I'm going to go through five quick things that uh, the book of Proverbs says about sexual sin, and we're going to look at the temptation of it, the deception of it, the admonition of it, the ramification of it, and then the solution of it, because I don't I don't want to leave on a, on a bad note. I want to leave on a good note. And there's a solution to sexual sin. And I'm going to do what I did last week as we go through Proverbs thematically. I'm just going to give you different verses from Proverbs. A lot of this speaks for itself. That's why I'm going to be able to go through this, these five points rather quickly. So the first point is the idea of temptation, the, the temptation of sexual sin. Uh, listen, temptation itself is not a sin. It's yielding to it, that is. Everyone is tempted. Everyone is tempted. Even Jesus himself was tempted, yet was without sin. And Hebrews 2.18 says, Because Jesus himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. The truth is you can't control when you're tempted. Temptation comes. You don't often invite it. You don't sometimes, you know, expect it. But nevertheless, it comes. You can't control being tempted, but you can control how you respond to temptation. It was Martin Luther who in kind of illustrating that aspect, said, you can't control the birds flying over your head, but you can control whether or not they make a nest in your hair. Okay? So there's some things you have no control over, but then there are other things you have moral responsibility over. And in regards to temptation, it tells us in Proverbs 5, verse verse 3, for the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. Again, it's just personified in a feminine way, but this can be a masculine way too. In other words, temptation comes as a sweet talker and a smooth talker. Don't give in to it. It is often inviting and enticing. Temptation itself, not a sin, but guard your hearts against giving into it. The other aspect to this is number two, the deception of sexual sin. In Proverbs 5, verse 6, it says, She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. The worst thing about being deceived is that you can't tell when you are. And that's why we need each other to hold each other accountable, to encourage one another, and to point out in each other's lives, Hey, you're going down a slippery slope there. Hey, I saw you're getting a little too comfortable with her. You're getting a little too comfortable with him. You're married, or she's married, or he's married. You know, and so we need to challenge each other to be faithful and, and to be abstinent if, if we're single. The other thing about deception of sexual sin is, is that it often deceives us into thinking that this is so wonderful and it is pleasurable for a season, but sexual sin never tells you up front the consequences. 
And so part of the deception is this is all wonderful, this is all pleasurable. This is what Proverbs 9, 17, and 18 says. Oh, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that our guests are in the depths of the grave. It's deceptive. We think it's the grass is always greener on the other side. That's what we always think. It's not. And lives have been wrecked because people believed the lie that it would be better. I would be better off if I just left him, I just left her. This person would treat me better. This person would meet my needs more. This person, that, and this person. It's never reality. And deception always feeds you a bunch of lies. And it speaks of a lot, promises a lot, but delivers nothing. Number three, the admonition of sin. We see warnings here in the book of Proverbs. And this warning is Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. See, the admonition about sexual sin is it starts in the heart, so guard your heart. And Jesus even said in Matthew 15.19, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. So Jesus even reminds us, look... Those kind of sexual sins start in the heart. These are heart issues. So we have to guard the heart. Sexual sin starts in the heart with lust, all right? Or maybe with people who feel like, I, you know, they want their emotional needs met through a sexual encounter. Okay, that's a heart issue. You need your emotional needs met in Christ, all right? Not in the arms of another person. That never works. Or maybe for some people, particularly guys, think it'll just, you know, add to this conquest, this sense of feeding my ego. That's a heart issue too. That's just pride and arrogance. So we need to get our hearts right with God. We need to guard our hearts because that's where sexual sin starts. Number four, Proverbs speaks about the ramification of sexual sin. In Proverbs 6, 25, it says, Do not lust in your heart after her beauty, or let her captivate you with her eyes, for the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread, and the adulteress preys upon your very life. Keep reading, verse 27. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? No. But a man who commits adultery lacks judgment. Whoever does so destroys himself. You will get burned. Proverbs warns. There are ramifications to sexual sin. It never goes well. You can't scoop up coal in your lap without getting burned. You're going to get burned. So be very, very careful. There are ramifications. Remember years ago when we had um, a Labrador. She was a chocolate lab. She was the sweetest dog in the world. We had to put her down about six or seven years ago. And one day she got into a bag of chocolate at our house. Uh, it was a bag of dove dark chocolate, a pound of it. She ate the whole thing. Now, in case you don't know, chocolate can be poisonous to animals. And so, thankfully, not to humans. Uh, but, um, but so I'm, I'm on the phone with, you know, animal poison control. And I'm talking to them. And, and so they're asking, what kind of chocolate was it? Because that matters. Is it white chocolate, milk chocolate, or dark chocolate? I said, it's dark chocolate. They go, ooh, that's not good. And then, and then they said, how much was it? I said, well, the bag says it's a pound of it. Oh, that's not good. How much does she weigh? I said, well, she's 75 pounds. So they put me on hold, and they did calculations with her weight and the toxicity of it all. They came back on the phone. They said, okay, good news. She's not going to die, but in the next 48 hours, she's going to be having horrible diarrhea. <laughs> Great. <laughs> hey, kids, the doctor said you got to watch the dog for the next 48 hours. <laughs> and she did. Wow. 
But here's what they told me on Poison Control Center when I, at the end of the conversation. They said, but now, Mr. Henry, you need to forever keep chocolate away from her because she has now developed an appetite for it. She will seek it out, and the next time it'll kill her. This is the way lust is. It ends up killing us. We have an appetite for it. And in the end, it just destroys us. There are ramifications to sexual sin. But fortunately, the last one is there's a solution to sexual sin. And I'm going to give you four points as a solution to sexual sin. The first one is this. Don't take the second glance. It's just an old saying that means you're going to notice attractive people. Just don't crane your neck and don't look again. Don't make the second glance because that's where lust goes. And then, then, then you're down a slippery slope. So make sure Proverbs 4.25 says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Don't let your eyes wander. Guys, I can't tell you how disrespectful it is to your wife if you're married for you to be looking at other women. The same can be said to the, to the ladies, but there's, there's some, I mean, guys are notorious for this. You're in your car, you're driving, and you, sometimes you have your wife in the car with you, and you're craning your neck as you're driving to, to see some woman who's walking down the sidewalk. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Honor God, honor your wife if you're married, honor your husband if you're married, and don't go down a slippery slope in, into sexual um, activity if you're, if you're single, which starts often with just the glance, the second look. Job 31.1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Another solution to sexual sin, number two, is don't go near who or what tempts you. Proverbs 5, verse 8, keep a path far from her, do not go near the door of her house. Now, again, we're talking, if you're married in particular, if you're single, you know, go to her house, knock on the door, show yourself friendly. But just keep yourself pure. The idea here is avoid those things or those individuals that you know are going to tempt you. Okay, and, and I would modernize this language by saying, you know, not only don't go near the door of her house, but don't go near her Facebook account either. Okay. Now, again, if, if you're single and you want to get to know someone, that's a friendly way you can stalk them. I get that. But, <laughs> but I can't tell you the number of times that married people have gotten themselves in trouble and have gotten into sexual sin, and it started with social media contact. The Wall Street Journal did a, a, uh, ran an article several years ago on why there's an increase in extramarital affairs in marriages today. And they pointed to two particular things. Uh, number one, um, they pointed to accessibility. And number two, they, they uh, pointed to the um, longer now, the, the delayed marriage uh, that when, when people are getting married. Well, how does that apply to extramarital affairs? The first one is accessibility. Now we have the way to connect with people where 10 to 15, 20 years ago, you would only have to, you could only connect with people face to face. Now you can connect to people and you can rekindle old relationships and you can do it through social media and you can meet new people online 24 seven on the palm of your hand. That has contributed to an increase in extramarital affairs. You, we have to guard social media. You, you can't be using it to connect with old loves and, and, and all this kind of stuff. It has led to an escalation of divorce and extramarital affairs. The other thing is delayed marriage. In today's, today's average, women are getting married at the age of 27. Men are getting married at the age of 29. 
1950, it used to be women at the age of 20, men at the age of 22. Delayed marriages contributed to extramarital affairs, according to studies, because people now are engaging in sexual activity before they get married since they're waiting longer to get married. And engaging in sexual activity before marriage, listen to this, contributes then to this concern after marriage about infidelity. Because if you didn't practice honor before marriage, why should you practice honor after marriage? It is statistically related. So some of you think this is just this is a bunch of nonsense. Let me tell you something. This is good counsel from God's word that if you would practice abstinence before marriage, it will help in your marriage when you do get married to trust each other. And to recognize that if you had self-restraint and discipline before marriage, guess what? You're going to be more apt to have self-restraint and discipline after you get married from wandering. This is just good counsel from God's word. So be, be very careful because uh, our world is uh, a much more sexually charged culture. And uh, we have to be more vigilant and more intentional about all these things. Number three, I've got I to race through these because I'm already out of time. Number three. This is not working. There we go. Number three, keep God's commands. Listen, get the word of God in your heart. It'll go a long ways to helping in the area of discipline of our sexuality. It tells us in Proverbs 6, 23 to 24, for these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light and the corrections of discipline are the way to life, keeping you from the immoral woman or man, from the smooth tongue of the wayward wife or husband. So get God's word into your heart. It helps us to honor God and to be disciplined in this area. 1 Corinthians six eighteen says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Last solution, number four is to renounce sin and find mercy. I love this verse, Proverbs 28, 13. He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. The ultimate solution to the sexual sin problem is confessing it to the Lord if you've committed sin, sexual sin, and then receiving his mercy because he is a loving, forgiving God who is quick to forgive, but also quick to remind us afterwards to walk in holiness in a way that would honor God. So this is our challenge, friends. If you're married, stay faithful in your marriage. If you're single, practice abstinence because both faithfulness in marriage and abstinence in singleness honors your Father in heaven and you'll be blessed for it. Amen. The wisdom of the Proverbs transcend time and culture. We're so glad you chose to study them with us today on Cornerstone Connection. Be sure to tune in next time as Pastor Gary Hamrick relays additional verses that practically apply to each of our lives. Cornerstone Connection has an archive of past messages available to you on our website if you'd like to hear other teachings right now. 
Just visit cornerstoneconnection.cc and click on Teaching Library under the Teachings tab. Are you listening right now in the Leesburg, Virginia area? If so, we want to meet you in person. Our listeners are always welcome to come be a part of our weekly worship services at Cornerstone Chapel, where these teachings originate from. Join us on Sundays at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m. Or stop by Wednesday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. We're excited to have you worship and fellowship with us. You'll get all the details you need at cornerstoneconnection.cc or give us a call. You can reach Cornerstone Connection at 703-771-1500. Please let us know as well how we could be praying for you. That number again is 703-771-1500. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in today to Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know